Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to. Could you please rewind that? Now you're thinking to yourself and you're wondering to yourself, what is this show about? Well, I rebranded this show because I wanted to change in content a little bit, just switch it up a little bit and get a new perspective. Uh, I'm an avid fan of TV and movies and entertainment. I grew up underneath that. Well, some may say that's a good thing, but at the end of the day, I still read books. I still did educational things and delved in academia, but there's a balance between the two. And a lot of the ways or the quirks that I have today because, or a lot of the quirks that I have today is because of television, because of movies, because of film. And my knack and taste for it. And I still watch that stuff to this day. I'm still kind of picky when it comes to that form of content. I don't watch any and everything. But I try to be as open-minded as possible when it comes to certain things. But obviously, as a Christian, there's certain things that I'm just not going to watch. So this is going to be the new format of the show that's going to be the new format of the show so it's still dd it's still the suave kid all the suaveness will be such it's just that now i'm going to be focusing on content i will have other people on the show uh and we're going to break down different movies and tv shows and recommend them to you guys whether it be from Netflix, whether it be from Disney+, Plus, Amazon Prime, all that fun stuff, we'll be taking care of that. And obviously, you can still catch me, hit me up, underscore DV to the Suave Kid on Instagram, some Suave Food, and Suave Kid TV. So all the things will be the same, except how the show will go is now is no longer a suave experience no more but it is could you please rewind that and the reason why i wanted to name it is partially because of my friend tl who will be on the show later on in the year and he's helped me brainstorm some ideas for the show so he's a helping hand and for the visuals i give credit to my little sister ariel and she helped me out a bit I'm not a bit, a lot when it came to visuals. I got her perspective, so shout out to Ariel if you're listening to this. And this is going to be the first episode of this, and I'm hoping that this will grow slowly. I know it's going to take some hours. I know it's going to take some work, but I believe that I can do this and that we can do this. Hopefully, you guys enjoy this content and this change in pace and content, of course. And with that said, let's get right into this episode so of course we are here and obviously if you guys didn't see this coming you see it now because the last three episodes i kind of tried to pivot and show you the pace that we were going at with the whole conspiracy uh analysis as well as the last two talking about she's all that and love doesn't cost a thing and doing an analysis on that. So essentially, that's what I was doing the whole time, just making a pivot, seeing how it would go, how it would change, and see if you guys were resistant towards that. And so far, I haven't heard anything 
negative about it. But at the end of the day, guys, I've been doing this for like, what, three years. And it's been pretty much the same. And I would even argue, although it is a change for a different sort of content within the podcasting world, it's still your boy's personality. And I'm still bringing in like more like us tidbit of like educational purposes or like breaking down it from a societal perspective so there's still going to be those things or these nuances that we have within the show it's not just going to be me making everything super trivial all the time but is the content is going to be mainly just based off of tv and film and breaking it down because although sometimes we have a bad rap when it comes to tv and film for the most part, there are pieces of film and TV that are actually intellectually stimulating as well, right? And I know some people would prefer reading, and I think reading is important, obviously, because it teaches you um, how the English language actually works and how it's written in a formal uh, format. And I do uh, delve into reading in my spare time, especially when I'm not in school. However, when it comes to watching something, it is easier to watch something to read. Reading is actually can be overwhelming to a lot of people. So that's why I think that is important that film and TV can be highlighted as positive. It just depends on what you plan to watch. And I do think certain entertaining, I think in order to be entertaining, you don't have to be trivial or bun- mundane or boring um, or just like nonsensical, if, if you will. But I do believe you can also be intellectual and create uh, entertaining film or entertaining uh, movies. Joker is a perfect example of that. It's still entertaining, but you still learn something from said film. So now that we've got all the housework out the way, let's get into today's topic. So I'm going to be talking about Love and Monsters. Now, this is a Netflix film. Now, mind you, something about this film that I found that was interesting is that at least with this film in particular, it's been trending on Netflix for at least, I want to say, four or five weeks. So it's one of the longest trending uh, films that I've seen on Netflix for a while. And honestly, I think it is worth it. The genre that it falls under is sci-fi and a little bit of comedy in it. And referring to my notes, so this is basically the synopsis of the show. So you have Joel is on a quest to find his girlfriend Amy with two E's in another bunker miles away during a monster apocalypse. So I will give you a little bit of context so it makes sense to you guys without spoiling the movie. So there was a gov- there's a government who sent a missile to hit an oncoming comet. And due to the bioaccumulation from the impact, it affected the animals and the and insects and it mutated them over a seven year period. So now they're bigger, stronger, and more dangerous than ever before. I really enjoyed the callbacks to the past because it shows you how 
the they got to the present day. So if you guys are really interested into Japanese culture, one thing that you find, and I attribute this to Reggie Casual, who is a YouTuber and a fashion um, creator as well. And also he does, he helps assist people with their plans for business as well and marketing. So that's what his expertise is in. One thing that he noticed, or that he said in one of his live streams is that, that in Japanese culture, a lot of the times they, when they're telling a story, they'll go back or do like, basically show the story, story arc of why the character is the way the character is now. So instead of just starting at the beginning and then going gradually how most Western stories go and Western just being the West, not talking about like the Western genre as in like cowboys and stuff, but they'll start at a random point. Like say I'm starting as Darius right now in as 23 years of age, soon to be 23 years of age. And then I'll do, instead of me just going on forward from where my time period is to the future, they'll call back to all these certain events that are defining moments in my life that would cause me to be the way that I am today. So that's how Japanese people tell stories. You can find this in anime and you can find this in the fashion world when they're trying to explain their collections or if they're trying to explain their artwork as well. So that's one thing that I noticed is that they will start, they started talking about building up the story about, okay, this is how all this stuff happened. And then boom, you're right in the thick of it. And then they'll do various callbacks to, okay, this is why he thinks this, or this is why Joel does that or X and Y and Z. So that's one thing that you guys need to look at when it comes to film is a lot of the callbacks you see, especially if you start watching um, Japanese movies or Japanese TV shows to see how they use that to add more context to why the character is. And it's a whole process of character development, which I found to be pretty intriguing, especially because I don't really see it that often when it comes to Western films. So that's one thing that I enjoyed the most other than the other than the the shots that they took. Now the shots that they took and shots meaning like how they filmed it. A lot of the film that a lot of what I saw in the film was pretty intriguing with the types of shots that they used. Especially when it came to probably the their drone and aerial shots were pretty amazing and polished. And especially their when they're doing their action sequences and the shots that they do, whether they do uh, like a push-pull movement with the camera or whether they do like an ex explosion when he defeats a monster. But one thing that I love about the film when it comes to the shots is like when they're doing the action sequences, from when he first started because Joel was more timid and shy at the beginning and he didn't know how to fight the monsters. And you'll get context about that throughout the movie 
But one thing that I noticed that happened is that the shots were more exhilarating and more dynamic as the movie progressed because you can see the confidence of Joel as the music, as the movie progresses. So you'll notice it now that I said it to you. So when it comes to that movie, the shots top notch. And obviously they have, because it's like sci-fi fantasy. But the good thing about it is it's, I think it's rated 14. So you can watch it with your kid or whatever. If you, it's up to you. But um, one thing that I did like about the film is that the writing wasn't boring. Because sometimes when it comes to sci-fi films, they just rely on the special effects and all that stuff. But the character development, as I mentioned, and the writing is very... Like, you'll laugh along with it. It's not, like, gut-busting laughs like you're watching a comedy. But they have, like, good moments in there that will pull on your heartstrings. And they have good dialogue between each characters. And it actually exposes why the character is the way the character is as they explain themselves and the dialogue between them. So trust me with that. But there was a pivotal point in the film when he was making his journey and he meets a dog whose name is Boy. And this aspect reminds me of I Am Legend with Will Smith, how he's, it's him and his dog pretty much against the world in that regard. So... I think what's funny about this film is that it kind of reminds me of the lockdown situation that we're in right now is that you can't really go in outside like that. And that's one of the things that they talked about within the movie is that they would rather stay in the bunker ex instead of going outside because it's too dangerous and it's like there's so much going on and you could die at any given moment. But there are people out there who do travel and uh, they're called the survivors or whatever. And they just live on top. They don't abide in a bunker because they want to make it to the mountaintop, which could be an analogy for life. Some people rather stay in a comfortable space than take that risk and make it to uh, a safer space or a better space in society. They rather live in the bunker because it's safer and they don't want to risk dying. But what's funny is, is when it comes to the bunker situation, they are just as eligible for death because sometimes the monsters break through and kill them there. So it's better off that you take that risk and die in the field knowing that you tried than live secluded in the bunker just because it's safe for a moment, but not safe forever. So that is one thing I thought about when it came to this film in particular how they drew that up and then it also talked a little bit about in animal intelligence especially when um it came to uh the dog at least because the dog had more senses than joel because the dog was outside of the bunker longer than joel so he knew certain things that joel had to learn on as the story progressed until he got his mentor and then it's funny how, like, the chain, the food chain was reversed in a sense because, like, the animals or the creatures that you would normally not think much of are now your predators. But as you will see in the film, that sometimes 
not all the creatures are necessarily wicked or destructive, but some of them aren't. So I'm going to just leave it like that, all right? Because I don't want to spoil it. I really don't want to spoil it. So you'll learn about that particular part. And, like, here's a quick disclaimer. I know, like, some of you guys are already invested in it already. But if you don't like insects like that <laughs> and you're quite squeamish, then you might not like this movie when it comes to that aspect of it. I know, like, a lot of vegans might like this because... You know, like, ha, no, now humans are getting eaten, da, 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 da. And those are just, like, the crazy ones. No disrespect to, like, the ones who are just regular people. But um, I'm just making a joke, y'all. Don't take it serious. But um, when it comes to that aspect, I know some people don't like bugs at all. So if you don't like bugs <laughs> or you don't or you're afraid of bugs, should I, should I say, then don't watch it because, like, you might have a few nightmares for a couple weeks. And, yo, I'm not a part of that. That's not my fault. I warned you, bro. I warned you. You can just listen to the podcast. That's cool. But if you're scared of those things, then I wouldn't recommend watching it. Or watch it with somebody that you think can protect you. But, honestly, one part that stood out to me is the relation between humans and technology. Because one, they each bunker has like a robot that is basically like the internet and helps them communicate with other bunkers or bring back memories and all that stuff. So it shows me like the connection between that technology and how technology is able to like bring a sense of comfort, but each robot starts dying off. So that could be, I'm not sure what the director or the screenplay meant by that because maybe they're trying to say that technology even though when it dies you have to go back into survival mode or you're going back to how humans once were not relying on these technological advancements to help cater us to navigate through life so i thought that was an interesting part when the last robot dies now i would give you that tidbit because it's not super significant it's just something that i thought was pretty interesting and you'll see it in the movie for sure you'll see it in the movie for sure uh is later on in the film is not at the beginning so definitely 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 love this film and just to sum things up, it's just like it gives you a sense of hope. Just knowing that, and there's just one line that he says is this, this is why I'm saying it gives you a sense of hope. He says, um, if you can survive your mistakes, you can make it out already. Don't settle no matter what. All right. So what he was trying to say in this one is if if you can survive from a mistake so you make a mistake you live and you learn from it does that's proof in the pudding that you are able to make it to your destination you're able to do it if you make a mistake and then you're able to come back from it or it doesn't or the consequences of that mistake doesn't consume you and you don't die from it you'll be able 
to move forward. You'll be able to live, to grow from it. So that also taught me not to just live in fear of making mistakes or in fear of mistakes that I have made. But it shows me that, hey, like even if I make a mistake, the fact that I survived from it, I'm able to achieve what I need to achieve, which I found to be interesting and that you shouldn't settle for anything. And you should always strive for the best for yourself, not necessarily to be the best, meaning that to be better than everybody else, but to be the best version of yourself. Obviously, as Christians, we know that God has to do that. But it's interesting to see that perspective in this sort of film. Like I'm learning so many different things or I'm thinking of so many different things that if you just look at it at glance or use a broad stroke, you wouldn't think of it when it comes to this particular film. And also one thing it taught me is that if one person like you could do it, that means you can do it as well. So you're able to do certain things. If you can find somebody that's able, that is in the same situation as you, that means you could do it too if you can follow their strategy. Or even if you have to tweak it a little bit. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode because I enjoyed making it for you. So when it comes to these um these uh this new format, I'm gonna try to keep it under like 45, unless if I have a guess and then we can bounce off each other. So I just want to give you like a synopsis of the film, break it down, share my notes with you. And add, like, whether it be philosophy or whether it be an ideology or whether it be just things that I see going on in a real world. Because I do believe that art uh, and reality are intertwined in a bit. Or reality reflects art, I believe the saying goes. Or art is an imitation of life. I'm pretty sure that is the saying. But... Yeah, that's what I want to do is kind of take reality, take art and read between the lines between it. Right. And why we came up with the name. Could you please rewind that is solely because of the fact that sometimes when you are in a good movie, when you're watching Netflix or Disney Plus or any of these uh, streaming services, one thing that people say if they miss a good part is could you please rewind that so i'm gonna the whole point is is when i finish watching the show i'm rewinding it back for you guys and hitting you with the good parts so make sure you guys check out love and monsters on netflix if you don't if you don't have netflix just ask a friend or ask a friend's friend i'm sure y'all can get connections like that it's the best way to go when it comes to the streaming stuff. Because obviously we know later on there's going to be a giant conglomerate that's able to have all these streaming services. And then it's going to go back to the original plan of cable. But right now, I would say pick three streaming services that you know that you watch and that you like the content. And then you borrow friends account afterwards so for me disney plus amazon and netflix 
and then I would borrow from other people if they have like HBO or Paramount and so on and so forth. So don't buy all of them, okay? The only reason, the only way you should buy all of them is if you are doing what I'm doing right now, because that way you can make money back. But don't buy all of them. Don't get the whole fear of missing out nonsense. No, it's nonsense, bro. You'll find a way to watch it. And even when it comes to sports, you can get the zone, all these different things. Just don't go crazy with it, please. I'm I'm trying to help you all out. Just don't go crazy with it. But with that said, this has been your boy, Darius D. Make sure you follow me, Some Soft Food, 12K TV. And, of course, follow me here on Can You Please Rewind That? Or Could You Please Rewind That? And I'm signing off once again. So just chill, just chill till the next episode. Why? Because your boy, Darius D, is definitely out of here.